Are you serious? I've got a fire in my eyes. Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is one more edition of the Brother Marcos Radio Show. We are today speaking from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and it's the end of July 2016. <clears throat> the subject of our show today is the Jesus Football Club. Well, what kind of strange, strange subject is that? Well, my friends, we're talking about the way that the world sees Christianity today, the, the, the way that the world, world sees faith in Jesus today, okay? It's more like, uh, actually, it's more like uh, being associated to a football team, to a baseball team, to a basketball team, okay? You're cheering for a soccer team, or in the United States, a football team, okay? And as long as you're part of that fan club, you're okay. That, that's the kind of religion they're selling to us today, okay? We're just watching the Pope in the television, and he says, my, my children, my children, you are with Jesus. Jesus is good. Come to Jesus, Okay, and then everything will be okay because you know Jesus can be anything for anyone. If you're a spiritist, Jesus, they love Jesus. They have Jesus pictures, paintings on the wall. You know, the strange looking Jesus it really gives me a bad feeling when I see that Jesus because it, it's so prevalent here in Brazil. They have the spiritists, and there's another occultic, occultic organization here in Brazil is the Goodwill Legend, okay? And uh, for you to have an, an idea, their headquarters, uh, they are in Brasilia, in the capital of Brazil, and it, it's a huge pyramid. Oh, yes. So it's all about Jesus being just one more teacher, one more member of the White Brotherhood, of spirits, evolved spirits, you know, he's there with Buddha, with, uh, you know, other, other uh, enlightened beings from the past, so, so that, that's basically Hinduism, okay, the idea of an avatar that comes back to teach people, all right, so basically, my friends, Jesus can be even the sun, the, 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 Actually, the brother of Lucifer, if you are Mormon, okay, you can believe that, that he can be the brother of Lucifer, all right? That's what they believe. So, I mean, Jesus can be anything to many different people. What is really hard to find, my friends, is the biblical Jesus. The biblical Jesus, if you are new to this program, <laughs> I'll explain to you. It's very easy to understand who he is. He's God himself, okay? He's part of the Trinity. He is one of the three persons that constitute 
the Trinity, okay? He's God himself. He created the world. He created the universe. And, uh, you know, he came to earth, incarnated, okay, as a human being. So he was completely human and completely God. And he lived a sinful, a, a sinless life without any sin in order to be sacrificed and pay the sins of the whole world. Pay for the sins. Propitiate. Propitiate for the sins. Okay? And because of his sacrifice, we have forgiveness of sin and salvation. Okay? Because the whole humanity, my friends, we are guilty. We are sons of Adam. And Adam sinned. When Adam sinned, all his descendants, they have now the sinful nature in themselves. Okay? So, oh, is, this is not fair. I mean, come on. You know, the son of a cat is a cat. The son of a god is a god. The son of a sinful man is a sinful man. We have to accept that. Besides its reality, I mean, just look around you. Just look around you and you see that this is the reality. So this is the real Jesus, okay? It's a, it's a Jesus that requires faith on his sacrifice at the cross for salvation. He requires repentance. He, he requires a change of heart. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commands. So this is the Jesus that we believe, the real Jesus of the Bible. But we see many different Jesuses around, my friends. And I was, I was really thinking to myself, what's happening with Christians today? Because, you see, we, we, we just see so many Christians going to church, attending church every weekend, every, every Sunday. And we don't see change, my friends. We don't see change. And that, that's one of the reasons that I chose this subject today, the Jesus Football Club. And I'll tell you the story of two of these Christians. You can pray for them. I think it's a good idea to pray for them. But I have to give you two examples. Okay? Two people who... I mean, if they were not my friends, they were good acquaintances. Okay? So let's go. First one. The first one was this guy he used to, to work with my, my, my wife. So, uh, it's a guy from humble origins, okay? Started to have some success in life as a businessman. And um, started, you know, basically my wife taught him a lot about, you know, working in marketing, in the marketing area, about how to, you know to handle the project, how to be successful in the marketing area, because he came from a sales background. And, well, this guy, he moved ahead. He, he got another job later, uh, you know, paying more. And it's very interesting because he was attending here in Sao Paulo a church that, where the pastor is a Marxist, okay? He teaches Marxism. And uh, asks for money all the time. And it's a mega church here in Sao Paulo. It's called the Bethesda Church. And this pastor, he, he likes, he fancies being an intellectual. Okay, He, he loves, you know, to quote uh, French philosophers, you know, French Marxist thinkers. And my friends, if you are not prepared, if you don't have a background in order to understand 
you know, what he's talking about, you start to really uh, admiring that, that person because you think, wow, that's a Christian, and you know, and he's not against being an intellectual, he's an intelligent Christian. Because you know, those guys, false prophets, they always have to tell you some truths. You know, it's not that they lie all the time. They tell you some truths in order to deceive you. Okay, that's how it works. And people don't understand that because you say, the first thing that they tell you when you say, well, this person is a false prophet. He's teaching false ideas, false doctrines. They will say, but see how he talks about Jesus. No, I, I was there. I listened to his message and it was such a good message full of words of love and he quoted the bible so much my friends do you think that the guy will go there at the pulpit and start to just you know preach against jesus or preach against the bible everybody would leave that church i mean it's the definition of a false prophet is that first he establishes himself as a teacher of the bible and then he starts to distort the Bible. I like the way that J.D. Hall, Pastor J.D. Hall, defines the, the way that false doctrines there spread. First, you like a person. Okay, you develop some kind of uh, emotional connection to the person. All right? And you see, I like this guy because he preaches the Bible. He's charismatic, you know, you know in the sense that he has charisma. Okay? Personality attractive personality he knows how to talk he knows how to speak and then he starts to do something that is sinful or wrong okay or stupid maybe but since you like that person you give him a pass you say oh okay he's a good guy i like him so you start judging the person not because of his fruits his actions and his words okay and if you are a teacher your words are very important because they are the fruit of your work your words okay and you start to judge that person because of his charisma or because of your emotional feelings for him and you never should do that okay you never should do that you you have you have to judge with the right judgment judgment okay we're going to talk a little about that uh, later in the show but anyway and that's where false doctrine starts to spread okay pastor jd hall calls this the downgrade yes it's a downgrade it's a complete downgrade it's a degradation of the faith that's what happens when you start to judge people because you know Actually, you judge people's words, people's teachings, and people's doctrines because of their personality and their charisma, because you like that person. Okay? And then it's very easy to like this pastor of Igreja, Church Bethesda, here in Sao Paulo, because you start to think that he's very intellectual and very smart, okay? And he starts to introduce Marxism, lots of marxisms for him the church is like an agent of transformation because that's what the the religion of the antichrist is all about is you know using the church in order to change society 
okay, to create the new world order for the Antichrist. And of course, they won't tell you that. They will say, no, let's use society because, you know, we're going to have this wonderful world here on Earth. All right? And then he started to go there. My friends, just see the fruits, okay? This guy, he has a son, and his son started, you know, to, to, to do some theater. And, you know, we don't know how dangerous this is. But because in that church, you know, they, they really don't warn you about the dangers of the world. They really don't give you any advice about sanctification and holiness. And just they say, you know, you do what you have to do. You know, as long as you are here on Sunday and you're giving money to this church, you are participating. You are participating in this agenda to change the world. Okay? And that, that's the main point of today's show, okay? Is, is Christianity a religion that preaches the change of the heart of a person? Or is this a religion that changes the world? That changes, you know, that promotes a perfect universe, a perfect world here on earth? You know, these are contrasting worldviews. You cannot cannot have both at the same time. Okay? And they will tell you, you have to participate in this agenda. It's like a big plan to change the world. As long as you give money and you participate in all those great activities, projects, and, and the vision. If you follow this show, you, have, you know, we have been talking about the vision. Right? It doesn't matter that Jesus said that his kingdom is not of this world. It doesn't matter that he says that this, this world will end in fire. This world will be judged. People still believe, don't believe in Jesus. They believe in their own dreams for, for this fallen and corrupt world. And they, in this process, they stop thinking about the message of Christ, about changing hearts. And I'll tell you, in this way, even the, 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 the Buddhists, they're wiser than some Christians. When they say, you know, you want to change the world, you start with your neighborhood, you start with your house, and you start with yourself. Because that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants a change in our hearts. He wants us to become new creatures, to be born again. That's what being born again means. The old things ha have passed. All things are new. You are a new creature. You think differently, okay? But see, you know, if you don't really cling, if you don't really understand this proposition of Jesus in the Bible, what you do is just go with the flow. All right, and you see, my friends, th this this son of my friend started doing the movies. He he was in in the movies, okay? Because his his wife, uh, I mean his sister, I think he has some connections in the TV world in this kind of things. And here, my friends, you know, we have in the Marxist government they instituted uh, a system when if you have a Marxist project, if you have a movie idea that is pro-Marxism 
or is against Christianity, they will give you money. You just go there to the federal government and you say, I have this movie idea here. And it's about ridiculing the Christians, okay? And they'll say, great, I'm going to give you $10 million and you can produce the movie. And they will call this cultural incentive. Okay, this is in the, the Ministry of Culture. Believe it or not, we have a Ministry of Culture here. That is basically a propaganda machine to finance, to fund this kind of projects. Okay, so this boy was participating in, the, in this movie, my friends. And the movie, it's all about the story of the oppressed gay young man. Oh, yes. And you know how hard it is to be gay. The persecution that he suffers. You know, it's all about the rights of being gay. And it's a, it's a movie to promote homosexuality. Sodomy. Okay? And this, this friend of ours, he started to, to put on Facebook, like, you know, posts saying, Oh, look how great this movie is. Look at my son here. I can understand that he's proud of his son. This is a natural reaction, but come on. You know, a movie about sexuality, about homosexuality. You know, the poster of this movie? Two guys, two young guys kissing each other. Two men kissing each other. And one of them, he has an earring, earring with a crucifix, with the cross, the Christian cross. So basically mocking Christianity. And here is this guy, churchgoer, you know, every Sunday he was there. And he was also posting, it's interesting that they traveled to the United States, went to New York, and they said, you know, again, a Facebook post. Facebook, is, it's amazing because, you know, before Facebook, it was really hard to know what people believed. And Facebook is like an eye-opener. Because you start to see things that, you know, in the past it would take like hours of conversation in order for you to discover. And now you just open Facebook, you know, everything about that person. You know, that, probably that's why I lost so many friends on Facebook. You know, once they, 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 they really find out that you were a real Christian, committed Christian, they don't like it. But anyway, and so there was this Facebook post about you know, this, this friend of ours and his son, they were in New York attending the Hillsong service. Yes, my friends, the Hillsong church. You know, that church, apostate church, where they have the naked cowboy, you know, and, and all those kinds of crazy things. They were there. So that's the kind of Christianity we have today, okay? You can uh, be in the movies. You know, promoting the gay culture, the gay agenda, and perversion. But you are attending church here. It's a Marxist church. You go there to New York, you attend the Hillsong Church. And uh, that, that doesn't matter because you are cheering for the Jesus Football Club. It doesn't matter, you know. In their minds, that's what happens. I was trying to understand what's happening in the minds of those people. That, that's what I really wanted to understand. Because it's very hard, my friends. It's very hard to really define when, when a person saved. I don't know. And I think this is a big you know, mystery. 
sometimes it's obvious, you know, but for some people it's hard for us to understand. And maybe only God knows. Only God knows. Because we know that even if you were saved, you can sin sometimes and then, you know, you should ask for forgiveness. We are not perfect. We'll never be perfect this side of heaven. But my friends, I'll tell you, makes you wonder if that person was saved from the start. I don't know. That that's that that's my answer, okay? To be completely sincere. I don't know. You can we can debate here for hours about the possibility of a person losing his salvation. Some people think that that can happen. Other people will say, well, that person was not saved from the start. But it's very hard because only God really knows the heart of that person. If uh, he's saved and he's living in sin, or if he was never saved or he lost his salvation. I really don't know. But the question, the issue here is, do you want to be in such a dangerous situation? Because we know from the Bible that many people... After they die, they will tell Jesus Christ, Lord, we did many works for you. Okay, cast out devils. We did many works and, you know, even miracles and things for you. And God, and Jesus will say, apart from me, you evildoers, I never knew you. So those people, they really thought that they were saved. It's not like, okay, I am... I never believed Jesus, and, and you know, but because I'm in this situation, I'm I'm gonna lie. No, they. I believe that they sincerely believed they were saved, and they die believing that they were saved. This is the most terrifying, horrendous situation that a person can be in, in my opinion. So you don't want to be in that in that situation. It's dangerous. It's a very dangerous situation. You're playing with fire. So do not do that. Another one. It's another one. This guy used to be the second one. This guy used to be my my boss. Okay. And uh, when I uh, I worked for this company about five or six years ago, and this guy, we you know, he was. Uh, Again, again, okay, humble origins, okay, it's like money really changes changes people, okay, money is, is such a dangerous thing, and uh, some guys there, when, uh, unfortunately, some guys, that they, they were born poor, humble origins, okay, they really don't know how to deal with money, no, it, it really comes to their heads, it really uh, changes their personalities, okay? So this guy, he was a Baptist. and uh, But all he talked about was, uh, was money, about other people's money, okay? Because he was a boss, he was a director in this company, and he used to deal with many important clients because this was a consumer goods company, okay? We manufacture shampoos and medicine and, and uh, you know cosmetics all these kind of things and we would sell to you know great supermarket chains and things like that but all this guy could talk about was well i met this guy he was the, the you know the owner of that supermarket chain and he has a plane 
or the other one he would say no he has a boat he has he has a yacht well you should see the size of his house so it was all about you know he was always talking about people's money all right and uh, very arrogant very arrogant didn't did not treat well the employees and then I found out that he was he was a Christian at least he used to go to this Baptist church here in uh, in Sao Paulo too the Agua Branca Baptist Church and it's interesting my friends that after I left that that company I found out that this this Baptist Church was also a Marxist church same thing there was a pastor there and I, I foolishly foolishly engaged him in a debate on Facebook and said you cannot be a Marxist and a Christian at the same time and one of the pastors there he replied and said you know I am more than a Marxist I am a Christian like implying that a Christian is more Marxist than Karl Marx do you get the point you know it's like he was proud of being a Marxist and huge church you know it's interesting that we're talking about mega churches very rich churches you know pastors making lots of money so you know but they were talking about you know marxism all the time and this guy was going there and i was very surprised because you know i was thinking well this guy's so arrogant and he was going there and you know a couple of weeks ago i was reading the paper and my friends there is this this huge police investigation here in brazil you know trying you know just just investigate the many many crimes of the marxists and the government here in brazil people being sent to jail huge scandals billions and billions of dollars and you know the name of my former boss was there oh yes he was being investigated by the federal police by the fbi because he gave 20 million dollars to senators here in brazil okay or 10 or 20 million dollars i don't remember very well but it's a huge amount in order to get favors for the company it's a very interesting thing that you know he was seduced by money and and it's also very interesting that he made a deal with the police to really you know a, a plea bargain where he would like explain everything he would really spill the beans and talk about all the the negotiations in order you know for for not going to prison and he was afraid because some of those people they were threatening him and his family saying that they were going to kill him and his family and set his house on fire Uh, that's why he went to the police and uh, you know he just peeled the means and it's interesting that the company said oh no we have nothing to do with that he did that all by himself so it's it's obvious you know it's obvious that the boss there the owner of the company he's a billionaire and he's a crook okay he's a crook his his company was built on uh, uh, you know uh, uh, he never paid really taxes in the right way and uh, 
He has money outside. He has money abroad. He has a mansion in the Caribbean where he receives the politicians there. So he, he's like this big, big criminal. But this guy, my former boss, used to, to work for him for 20 years, like his, his right hand, you know, for doing the dirty work. Yes, now we found out. You see how, how all the truth it really eventually, it, 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 you know, it appears... It's unveiled. And uh, so, my friends, what happens is that, you know, he was so afraid that he took the blame and probably, you know, got a lot of money from the, the billionaire. The billionaire probably told him, you know, just get all this money here. Take all this money and shut up and say that you were, you, you were responsible for everything. Okay. And he said, okay. So he pocket, pocketed the money. And now the company says, no, he did all by himself. But you see, the, the, the issue here, my friends, is that we are talking about a guy who used to attend church every Sunday. This horrible Marxist church. Both churches are very similar. So I was wondering to myself, what's happening? What's happening with the churches? What's happening with the churchgoers? that they can deviate so much from, from the truth, even though they attend church. And I'll tell you, they preach the Bible there. They know their Bible. So what's happening, my friends? People are going out to play with Pokemons, you know, chasing little demonic, demonic entities, virtual demonic entities, because that's what they are. That's basically magic, okay? You summon, you summon a demonic entity, you, you put him in a prison. That's what the amulet is, is all about. That's about, you know, the seal of Solomon. Do you remember the idea that the whole story of Solomon, you know, it's not biblical, but that's what the witches, they believe. They believe that when Solomon started to deal with the occult, he built some kind of amulet with the seal of Solomon, which is the, the hexagram, okay? The satanic uh, hexagram, the, 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 the star that the Jews use in their flag even today. And some foolish Christians use that as a Jew, jewel or as, you know, what can you do? And they say that Solomon used that sigil the seal, that occult amulet, in order to a prison, I guess the 72 demons, if I'm not wrong, 72, 72 devils, 72 demonic principalities, and and that that's how he built the holy temple of God. Can you believe the blasphemy? And that he would use these this, this demons to do all kinds of things for him. And that's why he get, got so much money and so much power and everything. Okay? Masons, occultists, they all believe in that. Alright? So the idea is that you can, you can put a demon in a prison. And that's exactly the same thing that you're doing when you're playing Pokemon. Okay, you go outside, you see this demonic entity, a Pokemon. And you put him inside the Pokeball. Which, 
I mean, what kind of uh, material, real animal, would fit inside a little ball, a little sphere? It must be a spiritual entity, okay? That's by definition in order to fit there. So that's basically what you're doing when you're playing Pokemon Go. You are looking for spiritual entities and you imprison them inside a magical amulet. And these, these guys, they're doing that because people have no discernment at all because they're going to those churches. And they will say, no, you should not judge. You should not judge. You know, it, it, that's the best strategy that Satan devised in order to paralyze, paralyze the minds of Christians. So we cannot really follow the doctrine and the commands of Jesus if we do not understand them. And if we do not judge what is being teached, what is being taught, how can we understand doctrine? How can we follow the commands if we don't understand the commands? Because, my friends, it's very different. You know, when you judge for wrong reasons and you, when you judge for right reasons, we are commanded to judge for right reasons. You know, but they will be, but they will only use the passages in the Bible that talk about the wrong judgment. Okay, of course they will use Matthew seven. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will measure to you. But 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 you know, we have to follow the rest of the chapter in order to understand what Jesus is talking about. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Okay, so in this case, the person is judging another one, but he is in error too. So if I'm in error, I cannot judge you. Okay, but if I am following the Bible, if I'm true, to the Bible, you know, I can't judge your doctrine. Because that's not the case that, that Jesus Christ is talking about right here. Alright? And many other many other passages that talk about loving people, of course we have to, to love people. Okay? Okay? James 4, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Okay? But we have to go to the previous, to the previous verse and read the contest. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Okay? So what James is talking about here is about slander. It's a false accusation. So you see, you should not falsely accuse people. But when you tell someone, you know, you are in error because you are not following the Bible, that's not, that is not slander. You say, you see here? Okay. Same thing, Romans. 
You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself. Because you pass judgment, you who pass judgment do the same things. So you have to be careful to judge another person when you're doing the same thing. So you see, there's a context here. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on the truth. So that's here a key, a key passage. Your judgment must be based on truth because that's the way that God judges. Okay, so, so you see, my friends, all the time that the Bible talks about not judging other people, there is a context. Do not judge other people when you're doing the same thing that he's doing and do not falsely accuse people of doing things that they're not doing. Slander. Okay? Of course, my friends. We are to love people. But it has nothing to do about, you know, love is not accepting sin and wrong teachings and wrong doctrine. Proverbs 31, speak up and judge fairly. Ephesians, we, ha we are told, to, Ephesians 5.11, we are told to expose evil. Expose evil, my friends. Okay? Yes, yes, that, that's what we have to do. We have, we have to ask for wisdom. We have to be careful not to judge people for the wrong reasons. All right? And, uh, but we are told, we are told to judge. To, ju to judge the fruits, to judge the doctrine. That's the way it works. Okay? That's the, the way it works. First Corinthians 2 15. The spiritual person judges all things. All things. I mean, I'm not even talking about the many, many passages that talk about, you know, rebuking evil, rebuking the person that is in sin. I mean, if you are correcting 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 verse 24 explains very well and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone able to teach patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will so these people, they were doing the will of the devil. They had been captured by the devil. Okay? And what you should do is correct these people with gentleness. This is very hard to do, okay? I, 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 <laughs> I stand guilty. I stand guilty, okay, of not doing this. I try my best, but it's hard. But we are told to correct this, you know, our opponents. So God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. So here basically is the whole idea, my friends. You judge people, alright? But you judge people in order to lift them up and not to destroy them. That's the whole idea, okay? 
1 Corinthians 5, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It's not those inside the church whom you are to judge. God judges the, those outside. They go, go to hell. Okay? But Paul, the apostle Paul says here, purge the evil person from among you. Purge the evil person from among you. So, my friends, especially inside the church, we have to judge error inside the church. Even more than error outside the church. That, that's what this verse is talking about. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 12. But what we see the church doing today, we say, oh, those guys, they're, you know, they're, they, oh, they're in sin. They, they go to the heavy metal. They, they go to the, 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 you know, ACDC rock concert. And they say they're on the highway to hell. And, and they flash the satanic, uh, you know, the satanic demonic sign, hand sign. And uh, we talk about people, you know, enjoying, uh, the, the gay people enjoying their orgies. Come on, my friends. What, you know, they're doing the will of the, their father, the devil. That's what they do. You know, and, and, and it's like, it's, my, it's the other football team. I mean the Jesus football team, so I don't do those things. You know, my friends, God's going to judge all those people. They're going to hell if they don't repent. You know, but if you say something against those leaders, then it's like, you know, you're the horrible person. Even though the Bible tells us to judge those inside the church. And because we do not do that, they keep preaching heresy. And we keep, you know, we keep seeing people, you know, saying it's okay for, for their kids to participate in a movie. Pushing the gay agenda. We see people... That, that go to church and at the same time they're bribing government officials, you know, and they cannot make the connection because they're not being told the truth, you know, because of so much error. They're playing with the Pokemons. They are playing... <laughs> they are playing with the Pokemons and they think they're doing a great, great job. We're going to stop for a minute and we will be back after the commercial break. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. Fifthhookmedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit fifthhookmedia.com. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Remember, that's fifthhookmedia.com. F I F T H O O K. Welcome to the Brother Marcos program on the Kapow Radio Show Network. We pray that you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Kapow! Are you serious? Alright, my friends, we are back and we are talking about, you know, faith in Jesus being transformed in the, you know, it's just like cheering for a, your football team. It's like, 
I'm being part of a movement, of an agenda. I'm, I'm part of a group that can do no wrong, so do not judge me, all right? It doesn't really matter if uh, sanctification, holiness, repentance, those things don't matter because I'm, I'm part of the right team, so I'm going to heaven, you know? So don't judge me. I can do whatever I want because I'm, I'm part of, I'm cheering for, for the, the right team, okay? the right football, the right basketball team, all right? And, you know, I'll give you a good example. You want a better example than this than this Together 2016 movement? You know, we have been talking about this, this, this event. It was an event, and there is this guy, Nick Hall. And who is Nick Hall? Nick Hall is this guy that participated. He came from nowhere, okay? It's like the guy came from nowhere, and now he's this, this big leader, and the, the Pope opens his doors for him. It's amazing. I mean, it, it's like the most difficult person to talk to in the whole world is the Pope. But you know, Nick Hall, he just knocks at his door, and the Pope will just receive him. And he's part of the Lausanne, the Lausanne uh, Institute. You know, the Lausanne uh, Association of Churches, which is basically the worst, the worst, um, oh, here it is, you, the Lausanne Committee for World Evangelization, okay? This is basically an organization that pushes ecumenism and Marxism. The whole idea, their partner partners with the United Nations, all right? National Association of Evangelicals, left-leaning group representing the progressive wing of evangelical leadership. You know, when, when you we read progressive, think about Marxism, okay? They're not progressive, they're regressive because Marxism is, you know, is something from the 19th century. So how can they be progressive when they're talking about pushing the doctrines that from from you know two centuries ago this is not being progressive okay he's also in the stu student advisory team for the Billy grand evangelistic association you know that that association that Billy Graham's son is the president he makes almost one million dollars a year oh yes but you know they said they will they would bring one million people to the mall, to the mall in front of the Masonic obelisk, okay, in Washington, D.C. Of course, we all know that what happened is that they, they really didn't have it. I mean, not only 100,000 people there, I think. I tried, I really tried to find some kind of counting of how many people were there. I could not find it anywhere. And it's amazing because here in Brazil, Whenever more than a thousand people get together, you know, you have someone counts it. You know, it's like the police will count. Someone will count and will say 10,000 people were there, 20,000 people were there. But I could not find a counting of how many people were this last Sunday at the Together 2016 meeting. I saw some teachers and I can tell you, they didn't have 100,000 people there. They talked about one million, but you know, 
and, and what's what's really sad and funny at the, t- the same time is a comical I think it would be comical if it was not tragic 400 people they suffered from heat stroke because it was so hot they, they had to cancel half of the event because you know the heat was so strong so you see when God is not blessing something it doesn't really work so it was a big failure oh but they had the Pope the Pope talked to them yes he did he talked to them in a video video wall in a video screen because he's very too to get being together with the other religions we're talking about ecumenism about creating the new world religion for the antichrist we're in the same team jesus football club okay we're cheering for the same guys we're going to score some goals here and we're going to transform the world okay doesn't matter that your heart will not be transformed your heart is going to keep on, keep on being wicked and sinful, all right? But the world will be transformed. So, my friends, that's what the emerging church is all about. That's what the, the new world order is all about. That's what the Antichrist system is all about. It's to convince you that they have, they have this agenda and they have this plan that will turn this earth into paradise if you only follow them follow this elite okay follow these leaders be a catalyst or better yet give the catalyst money because they are the catalysts okay you are just a follower all right that's the, the way you outsource your spiritual life that that's how they they like to do things instead of the church being a body of believers just like the Apostle Paul said, you know, you have the hand, you have the, the foot, you have the ear, you have the eye. All parts are important. And there's no discrimination. Because even the, the most humble person in church is important. Because he has a function. He helps other people. They're all together. Okay? That's real unity. Okay? But they, they don't think that way. They say, no, you have to outsource all the spiritual activities, all the spiritual work. You outsource there for a third-party supplier. It's just like we're talking about business here. And then you have Nick Hall. You hire Nick Hall. You hire the Pope. That's That's what the Roman Catholicism is all about. You outsource your spiritual life to the priest. And he does everything for you because he's a priest, he's an intermediary. You know, you cannot access God directly. You have the intermediary. That, that's the whole meaning of the word priest. You have to go to the priest. You have to go to Mary. You have to go to the saints. You cannot go to God directly. And now you have to go to Nikhal. Because Nikhal has the keys to the kingdom. Okay, that's that's what they're doing. That there, my friends, it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, 
And my friends, you have to be very careful because, you know, those guys, they would try, they use some Bible verses in order to justify the, their crazy schemes, okay? Especially they love to use Second Chronicles 7, 19. They say, but you few turn away and forsake my statutes and commands, okay? And uh, serve other gods and worship them. I will uproot you from my land, okay? And that, that's, the, that's the part when, uh, when God's talking to, to Solomon, actually, all right? It, it's, it's talking about Solomon, it's talking about Israel, all right? And uh, Solomon had just built the temple, all right? And, um, and here it is, just, just a moment. Let, let me find here. The, here it is, Second Chronicles 7, 14, okay? They love to use this, this passage. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And they, they think like, you know, America is, is Israel. They really, they, they really say that, you know, it's modern Israel. And, you know, if you do that, if you get one million people together saying that they cheer for Jesus football club, then their sins will all be forgiven and America will be healed. But my friends, there are so many problems here that I don't know where to start. First of all, America is not Israel. Okay, this is a promise made to Solomon regarding his nation and not yours. It's, it's talking about, first of all, judgments that are very specific to Israel. Because God said, if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the, devour the land, or if I send pestilence abound my people, then you humble yourselves and then you're healed. So, I, as far as I know, it's raining in the United States. Okay? The locusts are not devouring the land. There's no pestilence. Okay? That's the problem of allegorization. You cannot allegorize the Bible. You cannot pick up a passage that is inside the context that is very specific, and then you pick up that, that passage and you apply to things that have absolutely nothing to do with that original passage. That's allegorization. That's what they're doing. Okay? That's what they're doing. Because think about it. Repentance in, in Israel, it, it was like repentance of all people. You know, they would burn the, the, the high places, they would burn the temples of Baal. So it's not 100,000 people in the mall that would change America. I, I would love to see, you know, 300 million people doing this pledge here. If, if you want to compare things, if you really think that this applies to America, then do that the right way. That would mean everybody burning the false, you know, four false temples of Baal. Do you see that happening in America? No. 
So my friends, take care of your own heart. Take care, you know. The small churches, you have to just, you know, keep doing the work of God. You have to, you know, be faithful. Do your part. You cannot really believe that, you know, there will be this complete turnaround and we're going to have paradise on earth because that's not true. This is, my friends, it's just a way to give power to their leaders. Because, you know, if you have an agenda, if you have this big uh, need of events and big projects, you know, then you need money, then you need leaders. I mean, if you go there and you check, if you check, my friends, the, the, the associations that they had at this Together 2016, it's like you know, 30 different organizations. And each of these organizations, they ask for money, and they have the leaders, they have a president, they have a CEO, they have all the bureaucracy, and they need money, 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 money. You know, it works very well for the leaders, but it has absolute no result in the lives of changing people's lives. That's what matters. You want to change America? Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, okay? And, and preach discernment and right doctrine. That's what we are trying to do here in the show. For the people who already know, know the gospel. I think that that's a worse problem now, today, than evangelization. Because people, they, they only focus about evangelization, which is important. Okay? But in countries like, like America, where everybody knows the gospel, okay? You have to teach the right doctrine. Okay, you have to teach discernment. That's what you have to teach. All right, you want to do that, then you can fix the wicked hearts of people, and then you know the the the, the sum, the addition of all those people together will make a difference. It's something organic, from the bottom up. Okay, that that is the only hope. I don't even think that that that's, this is going to to. To happen because we're so far out we're so far ahead in, in the degradation and the end times you know the end times approaching and everything but anyway if you want to have you know a hope of changing things that that's how you do it one person at a time one person at a time in submission to jesus christ you know we are the branches, he's the vine apart from Jesus, we cannot do anything. That's how it works. That's what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not this big project, this big agenda. It's transformation of hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit, through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. We had a march for Jesus here in Brazil. I went to one once to this march for jesus you know this is a place where politicians go here in order to ask for votes and the leader of the church here there's this leader of the church who organizes everything he's a crook the the church here is called igreja renascer he's a crook he has been arrested in the united states because he and his criminal wife she says she's a, she's a bishop, okay? 
he's an apostle. He says he's an apostle, and she says she he's, she's a bishop. And they only preach prosperity gospel. That's basically what they do. And, you know, they were arrested in an airport, I think in Florida, with uh, thousands upon thousands of dollars inside a Bible. I don't even know how they were able to put so many bills inside that 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 bible probably they carve it the bible i don't know but they were arrested they have a, a farm they used to go there with a helicopter you know super multi-millionaires and it's interesting because before he opened this church i knew from a friend that he was fired from a bank here where he used to work this apostle okay we're talking about the apostle of christ in the same level of the Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, Apostle John. He was fired because he stole software from this bank. And then he was there with this friend of mine and he was preparing his resume in order to get another job. Because my friend, he had this, this outplacement company, okay? And he was there as an outplacee trying to find a new job after being fired for stealing. And then there was a problem. And my friend was very uh, uncomfortable working with him because he put in his resume this apostle, okay? We're talking about apostle. That he was an engineer. But it was a lie. He had no diploma. But he put the title in his resume. So that's the kind of person that we're talking about and the, the one who organizes the Jesus March, March for Jesus, whatever, here in Brazil. Of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. He just gave up looking for a job and, you know, he thought to himself, I can make much more money if I just start my church. And he started his church and he's a multimillionaire right now. You know, of course, God... God uses even these crooked criminals to save people. You know, whenever the, there is a Bible, there is the possibility of salvation, okay? But in spite of those people, and not because of them, there's a big difference. There is a big difference, my friends, okay? And I'll tell you, if you go there and you see Nick Hall's book, he has a book. It's called Reset, I think. My friends, you know what's in the cover of that book? Uh, you know, a stylized, you know, like modern drawing of an Ouroboros serpent, of a snake. And you know what is an Ouroboros snake? It's all about Hinduism. It's, it's that snake that eats its own tail. Have you ever seen that? A snake eating its own tail? It's all about the Hindu concept of the cycle of life and reincarnation. It's also about, you know, the sun going in a circle around the, the earth. So if you worship the sun, you're worshiping Lucifer. All right? And then you have his symbol. It's the Ouroboros, the infinity snake. So I wonder, why would Nick Hall put Ouroboros on the cover of his book. Okay? In Gnosticism, my friends, is the symbol of the solar god Abrashas. 
signifying eternity in the soul of the world. In alchemy, the Ouroboros represents the spirit of Mercury, the substance that permeates all matter. So it's all about the prana. It's all about God being everywhere. Okay? An Ouroboros, my friend. The Aztec serpent god Quetzalcoatli was depicted similarly. Chinese alchemical dragons have both similar shapes and meaning. So this is a heavy, heavy occultic black magic symbol. The symbol of the demon Abrashas. A very powerful principality. And Nikhal puts the symbol of the Ouroboros demon on the cover of his book and in all the materials of the together 2016 it's in your face it's in your face abrashas gnostic solar deity associated by the ancients with yahweh here's the blasphemy mitras and the celtic belenus Amulets and seals bearing the figure of Abrashas were common in the 2nd century and were used as recently in the 13th century in the seals of the Knights Templar. And you know where it is? It's in the seal of the Theosophists, the Theosophy Society, you know, which is basically the association of Luciferians who are behind the Illuminati and who are behind the New World Order. They have the Ouroboros in their seal. Okay, of course they have the pentagram too. But you know, all around their seal they have the Ouroboros. So why in the world is Nick Hall using this thing for his book and for his event? And lots of people there, just go there and check, lots of participants. Even Rabbi Zacharias, what is this guy doing there? Is he crazy? Has he lost his mind? You know, they had, they had a nap. There's a nap for that. There's a nap for that. Together 2016 has a nap. So you download your app to your iPhone or Android cell phone. And you can locate churches around you, churches who support, which support together 2016. And you can choose, you know, the variables there. Oh, I want a church that is kids friendly. I want a church, you know, that, that has a parking lot. And one of the options is, I want a gay affirming church. Yes, I, I'm serious here. You can find a gay affirming church. You go there to this this church that preaches sodomy and perversion that really doesn't care nothing about god but then you can go there and participate in the together 2016 and say well i am here i am here for you know for the right team for the jesus football club you see guys this is the mentality of the world it's exactly the same thing that the hinduists and the Buddhists do when they have the global meditation day. They said that exactly the same thing. They said, we're going to have one million. I don't remember if it was just one million or ten million. It was something like that. Lots of people. 
we're going to have 1 million people meditating at the same time. And if we all meditate together, we're going to have a paradigm shift. We're going to bring the new age to this world. That's how they think. They think that through the efforts of man, the world will change and will become a paradise. When God says that this world is going to be judged and will burn, this world will burn, my friends. You have to be prepared. It's going to burn. It's going to be judged. It's going, it's, we're going to see an apostasy. Apostasy, apostasy, apostasy. We're not going to see a revival. That's not what the Bible tells us. So why should I believe Nick Hall when the Bible tells you know exactly the opposite? Exactly the opposite. This is the mentality of the, the you know the priests of Baal. They spent like the whole day crying and cutting themselves and getting together hundreds of them because they thought that if they cried a lot. Baal would help them and would change the world. But Elijah was there just, you know, just enjoying himself and having fun, laughing at them. And when he went down there, he just said a little prayer, very short prayer. And God brought fire down from heaven and burned the, the offering. So you see the difference? Because Elijah trusted God. He didn't really to do any kind of a plan or crazy agenda or scream and yell the whole day. It was just one man. And the Bible even tells us later that, you know, that the prayer of a single man is something very powerful. When it's done according to the will of God, It only takes one man. But here are these guys saying, you know, come on. <laughs> you know, let's put one million people there. People from the gay affirming churches, they will all be there. And we're going to change America. Ah, are you crazy? Do you think, you know, do you think you can fool God? Do you think you can, I mean, do you think you can impress God? That God is going to say, wow, I have all these this, this guys here. They're living like the La Vida Loca. They're living the, the gay life, affirming gay churches. But, you know, because there, there are so many of them here, I'm going to institute paradise in America. <laughs> can you believe that, my friends? That's not real unity. You know, they want unity in order to distort anything, everything. Because if you give up your discernment and the great gift of God, which is the, the, the ability of the individual to read and interpret and understand the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Reformation was all about. You know? What Nick Hall wants to do is to reset the Reformation, destroy the Reformation. Let's go back to the priests of Rome, okay? Because we have the Bible, it's the greatest gift that God could have given us. And they want, my friends, for us to destroy, to destroy this gift. And they say it's because of unity. 
and they will say oh let's all be united you know and but you know what's unity maturity in the body of christ is here ephesians 4 see the difference here okay see the difference as a prisoner for the lord i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make ever every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there's one body and one spirit just as you as you were called to one hope when you were called one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all but to each one of us grace has been given as christ apportioned it this is why it says when he ascended on high he took many captives and gave gifts to his people okay so you see my friends the unity here is under one faith that's the key word here okay it's under one faith it's under one spirit that's real unity one baptism the baptism of the holy spirit that you receive when you are saved and when you believe in the sacrifice of jesus christ at the cross there is one one god it's not unity with people who do not have this spirit this is not unity with people who do not have the same faith okay because jesus said that he came to bring division isn't this hard to understand there's unity among people who have the same faith and there's division among people of the real faith and people of the world and people of the wrong religions of the false religions this is not hard to understand but they want to put it all together and make you think that what jesus said is that everybody must be united doesn't matter what you believe that's just not true that's not true okay so i urge you my friends you know to open open your eyes do not be yourself manipulated because to today my friends they want to steal you steal the greatest gift that god has given you which is the bible and the right doctrine so my friends st uh, you know stand your ground be good bereans keep reading the bible do not believe even in what i tell you blindly go to the bible check what i'm telling you ask god to reveal to you the truth read your bible try to understand what the the good doctrine is there's so much good material today i mean come on that's what you have to do that's what you have to do and let's stick together have this, let's have unity how do you have you do we have unity we we show love to each other okay that that's how it works my friends you see god does not want us to be infants 
then we will no longer be infants. Verse 14, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching or event or book or promotion or by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We're talking about Nick Hall and his ecumenism here and the Pope. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love, as each part does its work. So that's how you do it. You work, my friends, but the head is always Jesus Christ. And the Jesus Christ, the real Jesus Christ, the one that is revealed in the Bible. So go to the Bible. Check in the Bible who Jesus Christ really is. Because the real Jesus Christ is there. It's there. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope you have learned something. And uh, I pray that God bless you. And that we can meet each other again next week. Bye bye. Fifthhookmedia.com right now. Go to 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 fifthhookmedia.com.